Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this is going to be a good one. Today, we have Sharon Goldmacher with Communications 21. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Lee. It's nice to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Communications 21. How are you serving folks? We are a digital marketing and public relations agency. We are based in Atlanta, actually, Inman Park, right near the Beltline. And we have been in business since 1992. Our focus is on remarkable service and real results. Now, did you start out in PR and then kind of added digital marketing or did you start out in digital marketing and add PR? Or was that kind of always a two-pronged approach since the beginning? It was actually a two-pronged approach. We always did marketing and public relations and design. And then um, probably, you know, as things started to turn towards digital and we did started to do websites and then social media came bursting on the scene. We started to really uh, shift a little bit more towards digital. So now how have you seen kind of that marriage between uh, marketing, advertising, PR, digital, you know, print, non-digital, you know, billboards, like it's all kind of morphing together into one where there previously there might've been more distinct kind of darker lines between them. Absolutely. There were, stronger divisions than there are now. Um, we really never did what I would consider to be traditional advertising. And that's in part because we're very focused on metrics and analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the daughter of an engineer. And so I was kind of taught that um, there's a process to things, but also if you don't measure the outcome of your effort, then really what was it for? <laughs> And how does it um, help a client increase their brand awareness or sell a product? So I think the beauty of digital and the reason why there is definitely more blurred lines um, is because most of the clients today demand, you know, analytics and demand measurement to understand how their money is being spent, if it is actually resulting in meeting their goals and objectives. And I think that, um, is why you see more blurred lines. But ultimately, and you hear this a lot these days, it's about telling stories. People want to resonate with a brand. The, they just won't see an ad anymore and go, oh, I saw that. So it must be true. People really need that connection. And that's where storytelling and what, in essence, I believe public relations and marketing can really help to tell that brand story, especially if you've got a client who's got a great story to tell. Um, On the opposite side, I also think that if a brand or a company doesn't have a great story to tell, that may come out as well. And it could, in fact, you know, impact negatively impact their sales. Now, when you're working with your clients, how do you kind of help them really understand that? Because that sounds like a a little bit of different approach than some other firms are taking. Um, when I started, I started out in marketing and advertising and there was a saying, I don't know if it's still true today that, um, 
50% of your advertising is kind of wasted. You just don't know which 50%. And, (laughs) and, and you, um, you mentioned the importance of metrics. Um, how do you kind of help your client understand that certain metrics matter more than other metrics? And just because you can count something doesn't mean that it's something valuable. Absolutely. Again, you are very correct. Um, we typically, when we're working with a client, will, especially with a new client, um, we will sit down and together understand what are the key performance indicators that are important to that client. So for one client, it might be sales. For another client, it might be identifying people within their district who they need to market to. So it could be as simple as database management, or it could be, I want to make $10 million more this year than last year. If we're not at the outset understanding what the KPIs are or those key performance indicators, then we don't know what 50% is working or not working to your point. If we can set those metrics at the beginning, and then we will each month come back around and measure, did we move the needle on ultimately what that goal is? Um, Then we can look at our subtasks and say, this one outperformed this one, ultimately to get back to that initial goal. So we added 300 members to our database, but we cleaned out 400 people that were no longer relevant. So it may be a negative in terms of growth, but it's a much more targeted list of people who are engaged who want that client's information. So ultimately, I think it you know may win in the end in terms of what their goal is, but it may not on paper, to your point earlier, it may not have been, you know, the the ultimate increase, but certainly a better target and a better target audience that's more engaged is a win for any client. Well, um, I'll tell you what I'm hearing from you is certainly refreshing and, and, and I'm sure as you know, but maybe your clients don't know or prospective clients don't know that this is not kind of a normal conversation that folks have with marketing or advertising or PR agencies. A lot of agencies focus in, uh, to me, we call them cosmetrics on metrics that look good or might impress somebody, uh, but it may not really be the thing that, like you said, moves the needle in your business. You know, collecting likes or followers just for the sake of doing that, it is not as difficult as it seems, but getting an engaged group of people is a little trickier and harder. So I'm, I'm glad you're holding everything to a higher standard and you are focusing on the results that matter and the metrics that really move the needle. We hope so. We hope so. I'm, I've been in business since 1992 and have seen a lot of changes and I'm sure there will be a lot more in a much more compressed timeframe than the past 30 years. But ultimately I think we keep our clients because we are focused on what their end goal is and not necessarily what our goal is. You know, we've won our fair share of awards. I'm not going to say we haven't, but I think it's because our clients, you know, we're helping our clients meet their goals. So ultimately that is the the win-win. Right. I mean, and another thing I learned when I was uh, in this industry back in the day was it's not creative unless it sells, you know, unless you're really moving the needle for your client, you know, creativity just for the sake of creativity isn't really what we should be doing. Right. 
Now, although uh, they can be entertaining, it, right? Those are those are as long as it's moving the needle, I don't care. But just because you came up with something clever uh, that makes you laugh and everybody thinks is hilarious, but if they don't connect it with your brand or it isn't really impacting anything in your business, then to me that's kind of art for art's sake, and that's not really why they hired you. Yes, agreed. Um, now in your business, when you're working with these folks, uh, we talked a lot about the kind of the mechanics of getting the metrics right and what we're going to measure correct. Now here's where the art part comes into the art and science of this business. Um, once you have those processes, right, there still is a lot of kind of trial and error in getting the creative right in order to tell those right stories and to get, um, the message resonating with the right people. Yes. And, and that is, unfortunately, that's a little less process oriented. Um, so that is where I think people who want to get into this industry think every day is creative brainstorming and amazing ideas and campaigns that will go viral. And that is definitely a piece of it, but it is um, the hard work that gets you there. Um I think is the less sexy part of what we do in this industry. And there are some incredibly creative people. Um, my team, I'm blessed to have a great team here. And um, I'm amazed every day at the, the ideas that they come up with. But I think um, ultimately, again, keeping those metrics in mind and doing the research, competitor research, really kind of diving in and digging in where you help then to see that path where you can help a client zig where everyone else is zagging. And usually if you do the work, then the creative gets even a little bit easier. When we're developing brands, for example, um, we don't just go off in a room and come up with brand ideas. We have done that legwork, the kickoff meeting with the client. We have done the research. We have looked at what their competitor colors are, what their taglines are, um, what has been successful in terms of campaigns for both the current client and their competitors. And from there, I think we create a creative brief that then we use to you know, come up with our creative and brainstorm. So for example, we're working with a client who, what they do is really interesting, but it's not very sexy in terms of, you know, an industry. So they help get goods and services and oftentimes hard to find supplies to people living in the Caribbean. And so they're a logistics company, they're a shipping company, um, and they wanted to change their name, change their brand, create a tagline. And we got to the, to the name. Um, and then in the tagline process, we were just listing things on sticky notes and, you know, boards around our conference room. And I am very proud to say that our then intern and now account manager um, came up with from land to sand overnight. And it was brilliant. It was great. And she's 23. And, you know, it's just those types of inspirational moments that happen that you just, they say, capture lightning in a bottle. Um, the client just 
went crazy for it because their previous tagline was like three sentences, you know, so it was really long trying to explain everything they did and this simplified it and they use it now on everything. So, and it really does help to explain what they do. And kudos to you for having a culture that, um, allowed that to happen, uh, that allowed somebody to contribute to that level and be open and to hear it and feel safe enough to do that because that's not, uh, you shouldn't take that for granted. That is a very important component to this. And, and that allows you to get that kind of lightning in a bottle result because you have a culture that allows that to occur. I hope so. I don't, I probably don't think about that enough, but we, it's a, um, safe environment where everybody feels like they can contribute. Um, my dad was a great, uh, mentor for me. And he kind of, he said to me, you know, uh, it's good to run your company, like with the pie truck theory, where if I was hit by a pie truck tomorrow, the company could go on. And the reason that, you know, he said that is because this is larger than just any one person. I mean, it's a small business, it's a boutique agency, but you have to kind of think of it as it can, it can go on. Hopefully it could go on. And so everybody in here, we call it C21 University, essentially goes through an onboarding process where everybody knows how to do everything. They may not love to do everything that we do in terms of services we offer, Someone may excel at video versus someone may excel at digital marketing, um, where someone else may be great at getting stories placed. Um, but everyone knows how to do everything. And so if I was hit by a pie truck tomorrow, they would know how to keep this going. And I think that environment um, empowers people, but also provides them with a, a safe space to throw out ideas that someone may say, Oh my God, that's amazing. You know? And, and then we reward those on the, you know, as a result on the back end of those as well. So people that go above and beyond or do something amazing or take something off someone else's plate. Um, we give little spot awards for that, you know, every month so that folks know that, Hey, I could, I could do that or I could take that on or, I have a really good idea for that. I'll share that with my teammate. Now let's get a little uh, tactical and maybe share some advice for the listener. Um, I don't know if you want to do this as one or, and maybe do it separately, but any kind of digital marketing or PR tips for that either large or small business out there, there's some low hanging fruit that maybe they could be doing on their own that can at least help them move the needle a little bit in their business. Yeah, here's a here's an interesting tip um, we just shared recently with a client of ours. They have a a really interesting. Um, they are uh, capital market investors, so they'll invest in projects from multifamily to single family rentals to mixed use, and they look for partners, etc. And they have they don't do a ton of deals every year, but what they do are pretty high impact. And they always put skin in the game. So they won't do a deal unless they're personally involved, which makes them very different from other capital investment companies. And we were talking about LinkedIn and that we really hadn't 
been posting. They hadn't really had enough news that we'd been posting on LinkedIn. And we had recommended that we increase, try to increase our amount of postings. And the client said, well, I don't really have that many followers on our business page, you know, versus my personal. So I'll just post personally. And so LinkedIn has a feature where you can invite people to follow your business page. You can send out 100 invites a month for free to just grow your followers and engagement on LinkedIn, which for businesses typically outweighs, for example, the power that a Facebook has, despite the fact that it has billions of followers. But from a business perspective, use that tool where you're inviting people to really grow your network because LinkedIn has that incredible power. And yes, there's LinkedIn premium and you can pay for certain things, but why would you, if you don't have to for small businesses and large businesses, people should be doing that. That's just a small tip. Well, that's a big tip. That's a good one. Um, now, do you have any um, kind of, you mentioned earlier that lightning in a bottle tagline, uh, is there any kind of story that you can share that uh, you helped a client get to a new level uh, that you're kind of was rewarding or that was meaningful to you or your team? Oh gosh, <laughs> that one's a tough one. Um, there's so many clients and so many years and I'm so old and it's a Monday. Um, I will say, um, me personally, not necessarily a client, but my personal, a personal achievement that I was very proud of, um, was in, um, in 2007, I volunteered, um, to help with the NCAA final four that was in Atlanta and did the marketing and PR and didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, and I had asked the previous city if they had a plan or something that they could share. And the person said, we sent four press releases and, I said, okay, we're going to do more than that. So put together a plan and NCAA at the time was kind of like, we've never seen anything like this. I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's not that complicated, but I think we can do more than four press releases. So from there, um, I worked on the bid to get, so the city hired C21 to work on the bid to try and get the final four back. And I really wanted the 75th anniversary year. And everybody told me that wasn't going to happen because that was going to be in Indianapolis. And that, you know, is where they're headquartered. And so I, again, kind of said, well, let's go for it anyway, and put in ideas around 75th anniversary and it's a diamond anniversary. And so we kind of use that theme throughout. And then we were going to have some people pitch it and we were going to get a, a executive from a female executive from Coca-Cola and some other people who are sponsors. She ended up not being able to do it. And they asked if I would do it and I'm a nobody. So it was weird. Um, but we did pitch it and we did win it and we won the 75th anniversary and it was really great. And then I was asked, um, by the organizers who should be the executive director. And so I gave them some names of folks that I thought would be amazing. And about a month later, they came back and said, well, we'd like you to do it. And I said, 
I have a job, but thank you. And they kind of convinced me that I could do both. And, and I did. So I became the executive director of the local organizing committee for the NCAA men's final four in 2013 and also ran my company. And that was a very long 18 months, but it was one of the most successful final fours that had been held. Um, we had the highest attendance of any final four and some of the highest attendance of any final fours, uh, ancillary events. So like their fun runs and the, um, what was then called bracket town, um, all that. And so that was a very proud moment for my company and for me personally. And, and I think, I think that's great memory. I think that speaks again to the culture that you've developed and, your own, I guess, personal values and philosophy in not just doing what was done or not just checking boxes. You can probably uh, connect the dots to that, to the fact that you didn't say, let's just run four press releases. Let's go above and beyond because that's what this project needs. And not let's just not kind of go through the motions. Uh, you wanted to really serve the client and really do what you felt was right. And because of that, that maybe one caused those dominoes to fall in the way they did to get you to that point. I'm extremely competitive, unfortunately. <laughs> I love winning. Not so great at losing. But <laughs> I'm a gracious loser, but um, it's a much better feeling to win. Right. But it was all, I mean, I think that it stems from that kind of work ethic and the philosophy and the values that you have that help you win probably as often as you do. You are probably right, Lee. Now, let's talk a little bit about GWBC. Why was it important for you to get involved with that organization? Um, I think anything that empowers women is something that I want to be involved with. And they're a great um, organization in terms of helping businesses like myself to be certified. I think it is always helpful in... Uh, RFPs and responses to be able to say that you are a certified woman-owned business. Um, right now, we are actually all women in here, so I, I think it's they're an organization that supports the my personal mission, which is to empower women. Um, and so that's why we've I think we've probably been certified the last I don't know 15, 20 years. It was something that was. When I found out about it, I said, yes, let's, you know, make sure that we're certified and we keep it up every year. So now you mentioned um, that you remember that organization and you've been a member of, of a variety of other industry and uh, and community organizations. But you don't just kind of join. You tend to kind of lean in and take leadership roles. Uh, can you share maybe for the young people listening why that's so important to not just kind of join something just to check a box that you've joined it, but to really kind of lean in and volunteer and take leadership positions, how that can help you and grow your career. We do that uh, with our team here in terms of encouraging them to, to, as you said, lean in in part because we are a small agency and it does expose younger people to both a variety of um, potential mentors, potential connections, both 
from a, a career journey perspective, but also from a possible business development perspective. So it's more important than I, I tend to be a borderline introvert extrovert. So when I have a role to play, I'm very much of an extrovert. I can walk up to somebody and say hello to them and explain how I'm involved in the organization. If I am not involved, then I tend to just say hello to either person on either side of me at the lunch table. And that's it, you know, maybe an exchange of cards and I don't really engage. So from my personal perspective, I have found that if I'm involved, I you know, I'm more extroverted and my ability to network and make better connections is improved. Um, from my team's perspective, I think if you're new to a role or you're new to a group, um, that by joining and by becoming an invested volunteer, you really can't achieve so much more in your in your career. So I had a, a former team member who recently left, who we we miss a lot, but we wish her really well. Um, she got involved. She got uh, she was involved with PRSA, which is the Public Relations Society of America. She joined a committee, then she chaired a committee, and she also got to understand from a management perspective what it's like to manage volunteers, which is whole nother level than than managing people that you work with who are being paid <laughs> people who aren't being paid will say, I'll do that. And then sometimes work gets in the way or life gets in the way and they don't get their volunteer work done. And it does open your eyes to other management experiences. And through all of her work, she got great accolades within the organization, which again are just great things to try and obtain in your career. If you're trying to, succeed and and really go far. So I think volunteering, leaning in are really important to doing all of that in terms of a career journey. Now, in your work, who is the ideal client? What is, um, do you have a niche that you serve? Is it B2B, B2C? Uh, do you prefer certain industries? Is there kind of a profile of a good fit client for you? Sadly, my answer is clients that pay. We love clients that pay. <laughs> No, we do not have a niche. And that is the hardest part about explaining Communications 21 because we are really, truly a generalist firm. We work with nonprofits. We work with technology, sports and um, entertainment, food and beverage. We are really across the board. That probably goes back to my um, self-diagnosed ADD, but I love learning and at the very basis of what I do. If I can learn something new every day, whether that's some digital marketing tactic, which literally changes every day to a client industry, it, it makes me, I just love what I do, but it makes me love what I do even more. Now, um, is there a pain that a typical client or prospective client is having where um, C21 is the right kind of solution? Every pain we can solve. <laughs> um, we do focus, I would say, on organizations that either don't have a marketing department or marketing person um, or may have a one, you know, one person who's stretched very thin. 
So we can literally come in and take over email marketing, social media management, website development and maintenance, um, public relations. Most people don't really know how to talk to media or aren't interested in talking to media. So we can kind of slide in and help with all those things. Um, some clients hire us for, Hey, we've got an anniversary coming up and we want to plan events and we want to, you know, make sure people are aware of our anniversary. Um, those are great opportunities for us because oftentimes once we get our foot in the door on a project, people will really see, wow, you guys are valuable and are really helping us in terms of letting us focus on our day-to-day business and operations and growth and, you know, offloading all the painful things like, wow, you haven't posted on social media in mm, about five months. That's probably not great. So let us help you with that and we'll get consistent. Um, So a lot of times our clients just are so busy that their marketing tactics become very inconsistent, which when economies change, which we have seen over the past year with COVID, um, consistency is really key. And it's always a, a struggle when economies take a dive that oftentimes marketing, as you may know, Lee, um, from your past history, advertising and marketing oftentimes are the first things to get cut because they're not seen as essential. Well, of course, we see them as essential because if people forget who you are, they, they just move on. There are so many other companies and competitors out there that it's hard to find a unique service these days. Um, and so they'll just move on to the next shiny, bright toy. So marketing is, in our minds, very essential in terms of keeping brand awareness up so people think of you top of mind. Now, if there's a firm out there that wants to learn more and have more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Our website is c21pr.com, and that's c21publicrelations.com, and they can go there and find out everything they need, hopefully at least a taste and some case studies, and then give me a call. That's the letter C, the number 21pr.com. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business. 